Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Birdie. How's it going, lads? And Forty. G'day, fellas. And Ham. Yep, not too bad. And your host, Hamish, uh, fresh off getting the chocolates on Easter Monday, <laughs> as they say. Um, all right, well, let's jump straight into that first uh, review, rather. So the Eels coming away victorious against the West Tigers, 28 points to 2020, to 22. I'm completely off at the beginning of this. It's but 2023. It's, uh, it's, it's been a long weekend, isn't it? It has. Um, let's jump straight into it. Uh, Bertie, what were your thoughts following the game? Oh, I'm pissed off, embarrassed. Like, um, you know. We, we did win, Bertie. I, I get that, but like, have you? It's like, I don't know. I've, I've never felt more angry after a win than like on the like after yesterday. I just like we should have beat them easily. Like we had no ball. We you know we're soft in contact and defense, and yet we still won. Like it, how bad are the West Tigers now? Now I'm going. You know, full <laughs> now like, how bad are the West Tigers? Have we played that dog shit, and yet we still won. And like we and like. When we had caught, when we had ball or when we had possession, we were we were tearing them apart. Like Will Pinasini was killing um the opposition center, and it just seems like we could score when we want, and we're like kind of like playing with them, and like you know we'll, we'll shut we'll go to defense now and then let them get within a six, get their hopes up, you know, you know it's a good Easter, you know, be nice to them on Easter, and then we just Gufferson just does one backline move, puts it out of you know out of reach, but yeah, it's just it's just frustrating our defense, you know, we're falling off tackles, you know, um. Our, our, our contact was very poor, you know, and I thought, you know, we knew they were going to come. They were, were, were going to do an ambush, really. They've been smashed all week, and I just feel as though physically we didn't match them. But our class shone through, and yeah, that's what that's a diff- that's why you pay the Moses the big bucks as opposed to pay Brooks because Brooks was like MIA the whole game. So yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Problem with Brooks, that was probably his best game in first grade for a long, long time. Um, but sorry, let's go back to the try scores. I missed that at the top. Gutherson, Penasini, Cartwright, Sebo with a double. Moses, four from five off the boot. And going through some of those uh, stats, as he said, possession, 57% to the West Tigers. They had an extra eight minutes with the ball. We completed 78%, not too bad, to the West at 76. And then, as you were saying, Bertie, in all those, um, those big... Uh, Stats, tackle breaks, line breaks, etc. Um, West had the upper hand. Um, our effective tackle percentage only at 85%, missing 39 tackles, 24 ineffective. Uh, conceding three penalties each, we had four ruck infringements to the Tigers, two, and both using all the interchanges. So um, on the stat sheet, should have shown that West should have beat us comfortably, but of course we pulled out all the stops and came home uh, the strongest, 40. Yeah, I think Bertie was pretty succinct in describing this game, but it was incredibly frustrating, and um, he really hammered it, and I, I want to hammer it again, as that lack of physicality was very disappointing to see. Uh, the, the Eels, I know that they didn't have Junior Barlow, and I know that they had a completely rejigged backline, and there was a, some real big moving parts in that reshuffle, but they didn't chase the collisions, and they were like pretty comfortably outmuscled, mostly in the back line, not in the forward pack, but mostly in the back line uh, by Junior Tupo and whatnot. But yeah, that was very, very frustrating, and it's not our calling card. Like our our identity, I know we get a lot of raps of being entertainers and the ability to play expansive second phase football, but our best football as a team comes when we play physical smash mouth north south stuff through the middle and open up the opportunities to expand from there. And we haven't been doing that this year, and that was probably our worst performance across the six games so far in terms of the contact. So that's definitely something that needs to be rectified. Junior's inclusion next week will help that. But, you know, there's a ton of other blokes out there that need to lift their games in accordance with that. So that was really disappointing. I thought Mitch was excellent. 
uh, had the golden boot out there, uh, free try assists off his uh, foot, and then one for one for cutout pass, attacking down the left edge. So really happy to see Mitch uh, have a, well, I suppose it was a career day because that matched his uh, career high for single game try assists with four. He was very good, was um, good off the kicking tee as well, uh, banged over all but one, and the one he missed was off the upright. So uh, he was definitely the difference between the two teams. Uh, a couple of players were solid as well, obviously, Guffo and uh, Sean Lane was pretty good in return. Bryce Cartwright was quite solid. Ryan Madison was very good. So it wasn't like there weren't good players out there. But, yeah, just it's disappointing that we – whatever it is with the West Tigers, uh, I don't know if we're punching down, they're punching up, or some combination of the two. Uh, but we don't go out there and get business done like we should. <clears throat> and it's been uh, it's been for a few games now. So something that the uh, coaching staff and the team need to rectify because, yeah, we got the two points, but this is a team that you really should be – not curb stomping, but giving them the business. Well, you, you want to lift up your differential against mm-hmm. teams like the Tigers. Like, Very fair. If, like if we wanted to be, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, if we want to win the grand final, we've got to flog them. Like, no, you, you, you win games. That's how you get to it. But if you want to put yourself into a position to get into the top four, these are the games where you've got to win by two tries plus. And, you know, that's what we should have done. We were on, we're on track to, like... You, you talk about the physicality and all of that. To me, it, it's attention to detail that lost us this game. We had we had the the attacking play and the the shape that was making meters. Yes, it was it was we had a few errors, but when we were attacking the right side, you know, even getting to splitting the field 50-50, we were going right. They were numbered up, but we were still making ground because they just didn't know how to defend. We we get to train tracks. You'd get in the middle of the 10 and 20 metre train lines there. We'd go the short side. Moses was carving them up. And yet in the second half, we're playing like we're playing the Panthers. Against the Panthers, you don't want to make mistakes because that's when they'll punish you. Against the Tigers, that sort of negative football, it's just, it, you know, we're playing positive football. We're up uh, 16 to 6 in the first, or 18 to 6 in the first half. And then to come the second half, we're playing negative football. It really, that's, that was a frustrating thing for me was that we didn't go back to the world that was so fruitful for us. We, we were doing this uh, fifth tackle kick. We, need, we needed to, to change something. We weren't willing to change, you know, either to go back into the first half or even try something different. Like I, I was saying it during, the, during that whole time, Tigers wingers were not dropping back until the very last tackle because they knew we weren't going to kick into the last tackle. There was times there we were up in the 40-meter line on the fourth tackle. We had a quick play of the ball, plus two other forward. They have a slow play of the ball, and then Mitch has got a kick on the back foot on the last. We should be recognizing when we've got a quick play of the ball on the fourth. We're near the 40-meter line. All right, we're going to go for a 40-20. It's going to drop the wingers back, and then that's when he can also play expansive. It's just it really frustrated me that we were playing the Tigers like we were playing the Panthers or the Melbourne Storm or the Roosters where we had to go, all right, we've got to go five tackles kick because that's not... That's not how you beat the Tigers. We were beating the Tigers. We were flogging the Tigers. And then we went away from what we were doing. I don't understand it. Why? Yeah, it was a bit um, disconcerting that we kept... The, every time we went right in the first half, there was a line break. And then all of a sudden, we just decided we wanted to get our left edge involved where, you know, the points were flowing on the right. And that left edge was, um, you know, you had Lane returning from uh, his broken jaw and you also had uh, Dunster. Dunster, yeah. No, Dunst- Sean Dunst- Russell, Russell at centre. Yeah, you had Sean Russell at centre there as well. So you had two new pieces on that left edge. Obviously, it's going to take a bit to gel, but 
Yeah, I don't really know why we kept going away from the right when it seemed to pay dividends in the first half. And it wasn't as if, you know, in that first half we were making metres en masse and then we were able to shift to the right. No, we were shifting to the right and making metres. So I don't like... It, it was so obvious. Penasini, 15 runs, 150 metres. I, I guarantee you more than 100 of those would have been in the first half. Why? I just I don't understand why we weren't going to our right side when it was just so blatantly obvious that it was working in, the, in that first half and then we just go away from it and it was just... And that's what brought the Tigers back into it because we played boring football, they played attacking football, and then they scored the points where we was, it was like we were just trying to defend the lead rather than kill them off. Like we, we weren't playing to win, we were playing to not lose. Yeah, maybe just lacking a little bit of um, trust in our own game at some points, um, given some of the results that have happened earlier in the season, winning plenty of games close. Um one thing maybe we can be concerned about Hodgson is, is contact and just falling off tackles, um, especially his marker defence. It's really got me worried, um, but I thought the interchange of bringing on hands at what about a 30-minute mark, that was probably a, a good idea. Your thoughts yeah. on that, boys? Yeah, that, the first, the best, like, yeah it's, it's a weird one because I always see Hodgson, he's always sort of the first to make contact. And he's chasing those. the collision there. He's actually looking for a good shot, which leads to him getting some shots wrong too, so... Yeah, the missed tackle is interesting because in one hand, it's not telling the full story. In the other hand, like you said, Hamish, the stuff at marker is concerning. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Like, he is getting his way back to what you'd hope is full match fitness after missing last season. But, yeah, on the flip side, at least B.A. shown that he trusts Brendan Hands to get into the action and play good minutes. So it's not like we're, uh, you know, just sitting ducks there with no other recourse. And then Dunster probably had a second half to forget, but I thought his first half, he had some strong carries. He was tough under the under contested balls at our own end. Um, but, you know, he's going to take a little while uh, to get back to full match fitness after a year out. And, you know, he completely shredded that knee last year with the... Didn't he do the triple, the ACL, the MCL and the PCL? Yes, yeah. he, he shredded the entire knee. But, so, yeah, I, I, I agree 100% there. Like, that first half was going really well. There was a Dewey bomb that he caught. He made some really good reads in defence. He smashed um, the centre on that side, uh, Kapoa. Smashed the centre. I think it was Kapoa. Yeah, it would have been Kapoor. Smash him on that side of the field. Uh, really good. And I, I, just like his first couple of games in reserve grade, I think fatigue set in. Um, as we know, the, the jump from first from reserve grade to first grade is absolutely massive. So, you know, Hayes will be all the better for it. Um, unlike some, not willing to write him off just yet. I think, um, you know, he, he was starting to cramp up late in that game, probably 15, 10 to 15 minutes to go i saw him do the uh hamstring stretch or the calf stretch so you know it's 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 big it's a big injury to come back from usually takes the 12 or nine months plus another 12 to even before you're getting back to close to your best so the fact that we saw maybe not maybe not the best from hayes but we saw good signs from hayes in that first half is a good uh sign going forward for, for me but that yeah that second half oh boy it was it was not good <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna hate on him like I, i'm gonna give him and like i might be a bit lenient i'm gonna give him 12 months really like you look at sivo like i expected 12 months and he's the only one that i've seen recover from an acl like and like not miss a stride if that makes sense like he didn't come back down. better yeah exactly now now this year he might be a bit you know yeah, as, he, as going, yeah. but <laughs> but in terms of like sivo was like he was completely different so i'm gonna give hayes the benefit of the doubt this year but in saying that um Look, he can't get he can't get any worse. Sir. 
And if he does, then we have a big, big problem. All I can see is improvement coming out of him. You know, you look at some of his contact in the first half. Like he was like sticking and hitting and sticking, which is something like you know we I, I slate uh, Wanga Blake for like he comes out tries to put a hit on and he falls off. But then yeah, as you said, you know maybe, maybe it was fatigue because if you look at that um the their last try West Tigers I think oh no sorry yeah they make a break and he's like running back and you can tell he's buggered and I'm like yeah this doesn't look good like but hey you know it's first week back and. If he's getting worse, then we might have to, you know, revisit who could take his position. But yeah. And on the flip side, I know he had a few not faux pas, but you know, had the scramble a couple of times because he wasn't quite positioned perfectly. But I thought Sean Russell did a pretty good job at left centre. Oh, he's speed for somebody who hasn't played uh, a lot of centre coming through the grades. More of a winger, is he? More of a winger. Fullback, fullback? fullback come winger come centre now. Yeah, so he's uh, filling in in a new position. He trained there in the preseason, but that's not exactly the same as real-life match conditions, so I thought he did a good job. And obviously, Sean uh, Lane, the other Sean on that edge, uh, well, he's the sort of the wonder glue of that edge, isn't he? He really brings it all together. And having him back there helped Dill, helped uh, Russell, and helped Sebo. On that, Shawnee Wally had the one error, uh, no, not one missed tackle in the whole game, which is great. Didn't he? I, oh, maybe he was out of position and he got back. Oh, no, Sean, Sean Lane, sorry. I heard Sean and I went, yep, Sean Russell. <laughs> Nah, ladies, so on the tap, that on the um, we need to the stat sheet. He's got no missed tackles. We need to go recruit an S H A W N Sean as well to play wing. So we have Sean, 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 but three different ways. Uh, how, many Sean's many, combined? How, how many minutes does Sean Lane play on the on this game? Full eighty, full eighty. Oof. Yeah, Jeez, so our second row is uh, getting full eighty, which um, we'll get to when we get to the preview because there's certain second row missing out this week. Sorry, you're going to say something there, but oh, I was just going to say like. That's a mighty effort. Like I know he had a you know a frack, you know broken jaw, like and he could do like cardio, but like for him, as you just said, it's his first game to play eighty minutes. Like you know, that's what we want uh, Matt Dory to be eventually get because you know get to you know, and um you know with him playing like the full eighty or pretty much a whole back row playing full eighty and our props playing close to seventy or eighty, you know like this is, should be a sign for our bench. You know you're not going to get much minutes from the starters, so like you got to you got to maximize um your you know limited uh, minutes. Like you look at Lenu. Over at Penrith, you know, look what he does when he comes on. He knows he's only getting 15, 20 minutes max, so he's going to go, you know, all guns blazing. So, and I'm not having a go at, um, you know, Makatoa or Wooden McGregor, but, you know, take advantage of this, you know. Look, even Murchie, you know, like, you don't know how how many minutes you're going to have, you know, um, playing each week. So, yeah, it should be, a, you know, a, a warning to the people in, um, like, pretty much on the bench. All right, well, we might leave that a review there and jump over to the flag. West's 18, Eels 34. Um, so Williams, Lenaz, Brazil, Federica, Latu, Nati, and Rathal all going over. And Parvithi, three from seven off the boot. So a bit better off the boot, and this could have been a real flogging. Yeah, the yeah. goal kicking was what kept the Tigers in it on the scoreboard. <clears throat> and then I suppose the other thing that helped them too was the fact that the Eels had to scramble through multiple backline reshuffles and a halves reshuffle ham. Uh, the Eels did a really good job uh, dealing with those adverse circumstances. But it also kept them from buying this, like their best football overall, you could argue. But yeah, another fantastic team win. I'll, I'll let you lead off of what you were impressed with in this game. Oh, again, it's just that eight to eight to thirteen for me. Like it's 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 an incredible bunch. The way I say, you could copy paste every, everything that I say every week for this forward pack. I, I really enjoy the way they play the game. Um, saw a bit more from uh, Nick Lenars this week. If you see the uh, highlights, he's added a hit and spin. He scores underneath the posts. He serves out a dummy half when he goes in there. It's crisp. 
like to me, this is this is one guy. Well, all pretty much all these guys should be training with the first grade squad next year and looking to play uh, New South Wales Cup later this year. I know that's very hard to do with players already in there and everything, but that that's how highly I rate the the effort and the intention of this forward pack. They're just incredible players, like, and that they, they play the style of football that we want the whole club to be playing. Uh, you, you bring these guys, you take that, you know, they're, they're not uh, too big for their age where you see big blokes just bundling them over. No, these guys are probably middle middle of the road in terms of size. They're not small, but they're not overly large. But it's just their intensity, their aggression, that that will take them through the grades and that will see them, you know, a lot, a lot can happen between now and first grade. But to me, like, they've all got the potential, if they want it, to be first graders. Yeah, I mean, that forward pack we speak about a lot here, but they are just fundamentally so sound. Uh, you know, Brock Parker and Jonte up front really set the tone. You mentioned Nick Lenars. Well, he's an absolute scythe in defense. He just cuts dudes down with uh, really strong classical tackles. And the fact that he can uh, pull double duty as a very you know handy dummy half is, you know, just pure upside there. And then um, the two back rowers, Tupo and Brazel, Again, just really, really solid footballers. And in Brazil's case, he's just a you know that sort of lead the charge for the team and, and as a captain and, and pull them with him. So no surprise that they were good again. Um, I thought that uh, Damian Nati on debut off the bench did a really good job here, Ham. Uh, his kicking game was a little bit rusty, but he uh, really attacked the line nicely as a runner and a ball player and uh, scored a try and set up a try after getting thrown into the fray. Um, yeah, that's just, just so just to cut you off there. The kicking game is what's holding this team back from really pushing for those top spots in this competition, I think. And that will improve when Ethan Sanders joins this grade at the conclusion of the SG ball, uh, alongside a host of other good SG ball players. But what was once almost a, considered a fate accompli or a given that these SG ball players would come into the team and take a spot, they're now going to fight for these positions here because this team is doing wonderfully well uh, at both individually and as a unit. So really, you know, really big credit to the team, credit to the coach, uh, you know, and the guys on the bench doing really good too. Uh, impressive Nikal Raffle on the weekend ham, showing some real cerebral footy to affect the one-on-one strip in one occasion and nearly get a second, but also been able to slot into the halves at the end of a game and, and do a tidy job there. So, yeah, just a really, really good team across the, start of the starting unit and the reserves. Absolutely couldn't put it better. And then in the New South Wales Cup, Eels victorious 10 over the Western Suburbs, Magpies 6. Try scorers Arthur and Komalafi Rankin 1 from 2 off the boot. Bit of a grinding affair in the preview to the first grade game. Well, of all the games of all time, this was one of them, wasn't it? It was, a uh, yeah, a bludger. Uh, one might even call it a bludger fond. Uh, the Eels actually started this game completing very efficiently. I think they were at 90% heading towards half time, And then it just all fell apart. Uh, both teams couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, there was a, a slew of uh, – it, it got Spud Carroll upset, but it was a slew of penalties for like sort of semi-incidental to, you know, reasonable contact to the head on both sides. So the game sort of broke down on the back of all the penalties and the Eels just could not get into a groove. And I think if you didn't have Jake R from that team, we probably end up losing 6-0, which is, you know, a bit concerning for the boys on the day. But they've shown in prior weeks that they're much better than that, in particular that win over the Penrith Panthers where they played fantastic football. So – I'm not too concerned about the result as long as it's a one-off. Uh, but, yeah, it was not a pretty game. Yeah, I missed the first try. I was a bit late getting into a core stadium. Uh, other than that, you know, if you're giving out a 3-2-1, you're 
you might be able to give out a two to Jake. But other than that, there's uh, not too many points being given in this grade. There was just sort of. Dejan Arce was okay at fullback and he's returned to the number yeah. one. Nothing amazing, he right. but he was all right. Um, I thought some of the middles did okay. Ogden, again, showed a bit of hustle and defense in the back end of the game, which, you know, I'm not calling for him to be put in first grade because of it, but, you know, it's good to see. But, yeah, there was issues on both sides uh, out wide. Both centers were struggling to hold on to the ball. Uh, Wanga, in particular, had a shocker for a bloke that you wanted to see go back and dominate. And it's clear at this point that mentally he is just pressing. Like, he, he is over-trying overplaying his hand and that's just causing a downward spiral even more aggressively in that first half I know you said you arrived late hand but he was just guilty of trying way too hard uh, you know trying to get the ball in his hands before it drives to him so he could make a play trying to chase a, a Jake after attacking kick over eagerly so he'd end up being offside so he he was just his own worst enemy in this game uh, and on the flip side I thought even though he wasn't outstanding I thought Matt Dury uh, was pretty reasonable uh, played you know much the whole game or large minutes in this contest and I uh, got better and better as the game went on and, and actually finished the game with a couple of really powerful runs uh, down that left edge. So uh, he didn't have a game that, you know, screamed pick me in NRL next week, but it was a building step or, or building stone towards what I imagine BA wants him to start doing with longer minutes. Yeah. I think for Dury playing the full 80 is the, is the thing to get in this grade. I know, you know, the, the, the um, intensity and, Level doesn't translate to first grade, but just getting just getting eighty minutes into him, I think that's what he needs at the moment, and um, hopefully he does earn his ball. You know, I, I think he will. I'm a big fan of Dury, have been for a very long time. Um, I think he will eventually get his spot back in the first grade, but just needs those eighty minutes each week, just getting through a lot of footy. And that's all that that was over the weekend. Given the um, juniors didn't play, they got the week off leading into the. Uh, finals to commence this weekend. So only news item is the release of the Anzac jersey, um, which I think looks pretty schmick, although I'm against uh, any sort of uh, profiteering off Anzac Day. Yeah, it's clean. That's about all you can say for it, really. I'm just looking to see any any images pop up on page one of Google so I can... There's no, <laughs> there's no stock images. Uh, and it's, 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 is that built American? I'm sorry, I don't know too much militaristic things, so sorry if I offended anybody there. Um, I, I did. Yeah. I did note that in the statement, they uh, sort of uh, the sort of, there was the background story behind the jersey, and it's tied to the Parramatta Reels and the club founder Jack Argent and his role in the uh, the second and third anti tank regiment, Royal Australian Artillery Division, in the second Australian Imperial Force. I think the AIF is back then uh, for the Second World War. Uh, Second World War, First World War, would be First World War, I think. Uh, but they also uh, <laughs> had a nice little uh, segment, sort of uh, paying their dues to the ADF and uh, the uh, Australian military, which I suppose stands at odds of what's happening with the West Tigers. Yeah, from what I understand, the design went in late last year, so um, obviously they got their ducks in a row early. Yeah, the Eels uh, would to like not to have any catastrophes. Would like to acknowledge and give thanks to the Australian Army and the wider Australian Defence Force for their endorsement and approval in the use of design elements and icons embedded in the jersey. So, just another little kick in the guts. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, common Parramatta W's when it comes to this sort of thing, I suppose. All right, previews. Harold Matz, finals, Eels in third. They just slipped out of that second position after, was it Knights took it? Um, on Knights, yeah, came, came back. Uh, so the Eels and Knights were not leading coming into the round, but they end up uh, winning and then the Knights jumped on points differential to take the minor premiership. 
So Eels in third, taking on the Sharks, who finished sixth. 10 a.m. Saturday, 15 April, Campbelltown Stadium. How do you see this one playing out? We've played some big games against the Sharks in um, Matts and Ball in recent years. Yeah, it's been a bit of a storied rivalry, hasn't it? Probably not one of the ones you'd expect, but uh, given the relative strength of the Eels uh, and the Sharks in the junior reps, they've played a lot of good games. And this has uh, been a pretty good Harold Matts team. Uh, we mentioned that the Ford Pack's probably a little bit undersized relative to the rest of the competition, but they're all real goers. Uh, and when they've held on to the ball, they've been quite a fearsome unit. So that's really been the potential handbrake on their uh, you know, ceiling in this competition was not so much anything else rather than just their handling. So looking at this team, they're relatively full strength, I think, Ham. Maybe you could make a case in the centres that you might have different options, but uh, Fatunga, Seve and Vela have both been pretty good. Uh, aside from that, it looks like a full strength forward pack. Yeah, that you sort of... You know, it, it's it's going to say it's going to be weird, but sort of in this grade, eight to seventeen, there like I, I couldn't change any of them. Yep. Um, like, well, really, even the halves. So yeah, it, as you said, it's it's basically it's it's a full strength team in my opinion. But that eight to seventeen is where we need to play, and that's where we'll win. Like Uta, Tito, Finaluta, Sangalang are all just like aggressive players. Sangalang in particular is a huge workhorse. And then coming off the bench, Ocean Vivella, a year young. Mason Ong, a year young. You, mm-hmm. you wouldn't guess it looking at the size of them. But Mark Williams brings the aggro as well. So they've got a lot of uh, fire and brimstone on that interchange. Yeah. Rocky Kornakis and um, Zaitis really need to be uh, bringing those troops right through the middle. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, nothing fancy in this grade. It's just They've just got to complete their sets. If you complete your sets... Yeah, uh, one six seven there. They'll be able to get on the back of it. Dom Fruge will be on the back of it. Uh, that's what that's what this team needs to do is just complete their sets, and then the footy will come naturally. And then you've got the SG Ball, also same venue, Campbelltown Stadium, same day, but at eleven forty five a.m. Eels in fourth, taking on the Magpies in fifth. So this SG Ball team, they've got a couple of good players in uh, this team. It should be too strong for the Magpies. We hope. I'd say so. I, I was, you know. Being the the loser that I am, I went through the West Tigers forum, um, looking about their juniors just to see which ones they sort of they sort of rate. And um, someone was pointing out a lot of them are a year young. They're from the Harold Matthews uh, winning team last year, so um, I don't know because either they haven't put it out. It's not on rugby league on their website on New South Wales Rugby League. Um, some huge ins back for this SG Ball team. Uh, Lance Forlima played the last game, but Saxon Pryke, Sam Tuovati, they're really big ins for the middle there. And um, again, that forward pack, if, if they do their job, hold the ball, that you're one of basically the, the whole back line, including the spine. It's just they are a very skillful team. Um, but again, they just need to complete their sets. And once they do that, footy will come with it. And oh, I noticed. Um, Lynn and Sanders have swapped jersey numbers. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Sanders in the seven this week, Lynn in the six. So. Six. A mm. bit of trickery. Yeah, I wonder if they got new jerseys. <laughs> That's the only reason why. Because they both they both play interchangeable roles where one will be first receiver, the other will be second receiver, the one will take kicks. They're, they're, they're not your traditional. There's no hard and fast first receiver, second receiver, exactly. Or and they're not even like left and right. Left and right. No, they can a lot. They swing both sides of the ruck. Mm-hmm. They're two, two really good players. And then we've got the Tasha Gales rounding it all off at 1.30pm, also at Campbelltown Stadium on Saturday. Steelers in fourth, Eels in fifth. 
Um, I believe if Tasha Gales get up here, this will be their first postseason win, won't it? Yes, because they had the uh, week one bye last year for finishing top two, so they went straight through the grand final qualifier. When they went down to the Tigers from memory. Knights. 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 I was close. Yeah. Close. Yeah. close. <laughs> um, Tasha Gales, how do you like this one, guys? I mean, again, you talk about full strength rosters, Ham. I think this is essentially full strength considering or, or not considering any long-term injuries that they had from earlier on in the season. Uh, back line looks really good. Uh, Bamboot will spearhead the team from number seven. The forward pack is very solid as well. Uh, so, you know, I think that this team can very comfortably handle any non-Canterbury, maybe non-Roosters team in this competition, assuming they play quality football. So, you know, not to say that they can't lose the Steelers, but if they play good football, they're going to go on top of them, I'd say. Uh, but then the question then becomes, they have that extra gear after the week off to be able to take it to the likes of the Dogs and the Roosters. Yeah, I think they played a 10-all draw from memory. Correct. Alicia Bell kicked the uh, post-siren conversion, I think, to give them the tie or draw. That's right. Oh, I think they've they've grown since that game. Um, that was pretty early, around two or three or something like that. Um, they've grown since that yeah. game. Uh, just having a look. Debbie Dewey didn't play there. I think uh, the inclusion of Bella Sanford into the forward pack. Um, Talara Bamblett, she's just gotten better. Oh, no, sorry. It was Talara that didn't play. Did her shoulder, yeah, the week before. Yeah, Debbie was in the halves. Yeah, Talara is, to me, the attacking key to this team. Gets her hands on the ball, really scheming halfback. I really like her. She's a good player. Um, and then, of course, you know, if, you, if you're going to score tries, you're going to go up in sixes with this team. Alicia Bell, you know, I saw a, an interview with her on YouTube um, where she said she hadn't been playing the game since 2021. So, you know, she gets a few more reps in... Um, Harvey Norman Women's Premiership next, or maybe even the end of this year, the end of next and next year, she might be looking at an RLW contract. Here, you know, with the way she kicks goals. And then let's go to the flag, which will say the Eels taking on the Dogs, 3 p.m. also on Saturday, at, but this time at New Era Stadium. So, what what are we choosing here, boys? I'm going Campbelltown. <laughs> I'm still up in the air, but I mean, finals are finals, so it's kind of hard to uh, overlook that. And you know. New Era is our junior home, but cuck, New Era over Campbelltown. Like, Campbelltown at least has um, seats. <laughs> That's always my, a positive, having seating at your grounds. Yeah, my, my back won't be uh, hating me <laughs> come <laughs> four o'clock. Mm. Uh, but in the flag, how do we see us playing in um, in, in this game? I mean, uh, the uh, Bulldogs, sorry, 40. Um, Bulldogs are second. They're pretty high up on the ladder here. Uh, they got some pretty highly rated players. Oh, they're third, sorry, excuse me. Equal uh, share of uh, third with Parramatta. They're ahead on points differential, but have won three games and a bye with two losses to Parramatta's four games, one, two losses, no bye. So Eels technically ahead uh, on results. On uh, what do they call it, percentage or whatever? Win percentage, yeah. Yeah. Um, as you know, Michael Gabriel, he was our player of the year last year, and Harold Matthews, mm. Shioni Mawala come from Canberra, I believe. Joseph O'Neill's had a few um, big raps on him. Lipoy Hapoy, sorry if I've gotten that incorrect, trained with the first grade and was uh, uh, name-dropped by the uh, MAGA. Oh, I shouldn't say MAGA, that's probably defamation, but the um, the anti-science Phil the climate, Gould. Climate-denying. <laughs> climate-denying, yeah. anti-trans, you know, Phil Gould. Uh, Lipoy Hapoy was named by him, I believe it was last year. So they got, they've got some hot-rated players, but so do we. So uh, Lindsay Munro has been a revelation of fullback. Sam Louise is coming back into this grade. Um, I think he missed out last week 
we might have had a, an injury concern. Uh, that's why he didn't play. Damien Nati gets his uh, first crack in the um, yep, first start starting of the team. No and then read. again, like, you know, we've lost uh, Brock Parker in the forward pack, I think, believe due to injury. But Noah Reed's coming off the bench. He's been really good too. So still, I'm looking at that 8 to 13. If they keep playing the way they are, I think it'll be, um, what is that, five in a row for this team? Yes. Which will be the longest winning. Uh, no. So if they win this game, it'll be the tied longest winning streak we've had in Jersey Flag since 2018 when it came back in. Almost got double doubles in the. Uh in the starting prop rotation there too. Yeah, John Day going to do a good job as always. And we get to see Larry back as well. Um, he's been playing his trade in the Sydney Shield, or I think it is. Uh, yeah, Sydney Shield without Cabramatta. Yeah, and he's been scoring a, a stack of tries in that level, as you'd want to see you know, a big man like him do. So going to be interesting to see what he can bring to the table. Well, we won't see it if we're out at uh, Campbelltown, not Cabra, if we're not out at Cabra, rather. Uh, but hopefully he can bring a bit of impact off the bench for the Bullongo. And just as an aside there, talking about the ladder um, and trying to discern who's where, can we do away with buy points at this point? Yeah, they're so <laughs> useless, aren't they? Like, it just obfuscates things. Just have wins and losses. That's all you need. And draws, obviously. But the buys don't – if everyone gets a buy, you do not need to put buys on the table. It's just I, – I don't know who – yeah, especially in first grade, looking at that ladder and you're like, you see Panthers up in second, but they've got the buy points. Yeah, just doesn't make sense. It's too difficult for my uh, my uh, yeah not so great brain. Not I was, I was, was going to say P brain, but I didn't want to be. <laughs> You're a lot smarter <laughs> got, man than me, so we've all got lizard brains. It's all good. Today it's just not working. <laughs> all right, let's get to first. Uh, sorry, reserve grade, um, which will see New South Wales Cup being um, the prelude to first grade Combank Stadium, one thirty p.m. Uh, so Jack Murchie uh, jumps back into this team, um, and the Bulldogs team is coming first in this grade, but they don't seem to have. They've got some former Eels here. They've got Sam Hughes playing in the forward pack and Andrew Davey in the second row. Um, I don't know. I think we match up pretty good with this team. Yeah, and I mean, hey, the, our reserve grade team has plenty of balance. I'd say there's probably a lack of out-and-out strike right now because, I mean, you've got Wunger in there. If he clicks, he's obviously going to be a strike player. But, uh, you know, there's a lack of out-and-out speed and strike power. But uh, I think they're a very well-balanced team. They've got a very steady set of halves in Rankin and Arthur. Got a pretty strong forward pack when you look at it on paper. Ogden, Rodwell, Murchie, Dory, Moretti. That's just the starters. And you've got Yates, Keir, Mattaelli, and Talmapeno on the bench. So that that's a pack that runs deep uh, if you can get them firing. So they've got all the tools they need to be in any given contest. And then Jake Arthur's on a bit of a roll at halfback, and he's uh, been yeah. either setting up tries or scoring tries in any, any given game across the start of the season. So they've got all the tools they need, um, but just after what they put out yesterday or Easter Monday, they certainly need to polish it up to take on the ladder-leading dogs. Just a case of how they train this week, I suppose. Your thoughts, Sam? Uh, it's going through some names through the dogs. Uh, obviously, Gerald Skelton, huge uh, huge name from Rugby Sevens. Uh, who else we got here? Carl Aloapu, who they signed with its 500,000 transfer fee. Um, I've noticed him for an 18 year old. I haven't seen him play, but his stats have been very good, like right up there for um, in reserve grade. And obviously, we know Sam Hughes, not too sure how he's going. He doesn't have a profile, so I can't see how he is going. Um, but I think it's Kitsioni Kotanga. He's a bit of a try scorer. Um, Scored six tries in five appearances this year for the Bulldogs there. So, yeah, whoever's feeding the ball, I, I dare say it's Aloapu. So, um, 
yeah, what one one to look out for there. And then over to first grade, which will see the Eels in 14th taking on the Dogs in 13th, 4.05, Combank Stadium on Channel 9, KO, Foxtel, etc. And so a lot of ins for the Dogs here. They've uh, they've brought back a lot of players. It seems like they were uh, uh, circling this match and to bring back Opposition team that, uh, getting a ton of important reinforcements against the Parramatta Eels? Never. That never happens. Ever. Feels like it's every freaking game, doesn't it? That they always get their timely set of reinforcements. So some big forward inclusions. Yeah, so let's go through that team list. Fullback Hates Perham on the wings, Kiraz and Braden Burns. Unfortunately, um, for, for the dogs, uh, the Fox is is he out for the season or no, just right six now, to eight it's, weeks? Yeah, right now it's a couple of months, yeah. So it's six to eight weeks. But it's both a knee and syndesmosis, apparently. Yeah, that turf out at um at ANZ Stadium. Was it ANZ or was it? A core, a core now, yeah. Yeah. Um Senators, Jake Abarillo, Paul Alamotti, and then in the halves, Burton and Kyle Flanagan in the starting prop rotation, Max King and Tevita Pangai Jr. returns. Reed Marty at hooker, Viliami Kikau returns as well in the second row with Jacob Preston and Raylan, Raymond for Tyler Mariner. And then the interchange bench, Josh Reynolds, Jaden Ockenbohr, Corey Waddell and Ryan Sutton. Extended bench, Oloapu, rather, uh, Pine or Tarpany, I'm... Do we know the pronunciation of Jackson? Well, because I thought it was Torpine, but I heard Topine, but I don't know if that's just commentators not doing their job. Sam Hughes, Declan Casey, Andrew Davey. Then for the Eels, we have Gutho, Makasivo, and Hayes Dunster on the wing, Panasini, Russell, Gil Brown, Mitch Moses in the halves, Campbell Gillard, and the return of Junior Paulo after the two-week suspension in the starting row, Josh Hodgson. Sean Lane, uh, Bryce Cartwright, Ryan Madison in the second row, Jermaine Hopgood, Brendan Hands, Wiramu Greg, and Makahesi Makatoa. And then the extended bench, Jake Arthur, Matt Dury, Ofehi Ogden, Jack Murchie, and Awanga Blake. Um, so those big uh, returns for the Bulldogs, I think we have to be pretty wary of defeat at Pangai Jr. The first game we played against them last year, he bullied our pack. Yeah, and he can get under our skins if we're not settled or ready to match fire with our own fire and brimstone then he can definitely uh, sort of steal the initiative from us if we let him. Bertie, what are you liking? Oh, well, first off, their bench is pretty much, you know, it's shit. Or Bulldogs bench is shit. They've got literally a winger turned forward. You know, they've got a plotter in Sutton. They've got a, you know, a token player in Josh Reynolds. He's just there for the, you know, the, the clickbait, whatever. You know, I just, I look at their bench. I think their bench is terrible. Um, You know, you guys mentioned that Pangai, like he's, you know, he's a grub, like in a, in a, not in a polite way where he's going to fire up. You know, so I'm a bit worried about their forward pack, and um, like their backline doesn't don't scare me that much. Like uh, Karaz is, you know, he he breaks a lot of tackles. So, you know, like I spoke about in the review about the Tigers game, you know, our our contact was poor, and if and this is a team that they're going to punish us way, way worse. They're way better team than West Tigers, and they can put points on. You look at last year when we played them, um, the first matchup, they you know they tore us tore us apart, and. They were just in it, you know, for the whole contest. Um, I will say for the dogs, right? They've got three kicks in them. They've got a forty twenty from Judas, you know. So we have to keep an eye on that. They've got a Matt Burden bomb, and they've got a kick that's early to Fox. Well, Fox is not there, so they only got two kicks really. So if we can look out for the forty twenty and put pressure on Matt Burden, we should, um, you know, we should easily win, you know, and try and have Flanagan have the ball in his hand as much as possible because, you know, he, you know, the poor kid. Um, I feel as though he starts off well, and then he just. It just gets in his head mid-game, and he just you know fizzles out. So, yeah, if we could just put pressure on um both their halves, you know they'll they'll crumble essentially. That is that's a very good point there you made, Birdie, about the the forty twenty. I I never I didn't think about that before this, but 
Sifo is known to not drop back or, you know, be very slow in turning around. And Dunstar, you, you know, uh, that's I think we'll need to probably have one of them drop back on the 40 and play that pendulum style where you swing around and cover for the other side because that is that's that is a real concern because, you know, especially Sivo, especially Sivo. You, you might probably have to do the pendulum with Dunster there dropping back on the fourth, even not maybe not all the way back to the 30, but sort of hang back just that little bit because that's, that is something that, you know, uh, what do we call him, Judas, will pull out and he will try it and will try it again. He, he might even kick out on the full. But our markers and our wingers really need to be ready for him jumping out of dummy half as soon as they get to the forty and kicking it. No, good, uh, pretty good shout. And you know he's played all most of his first grade at the Yale, so you'd hope that the coaching staff's onto it. Forty things you like? Yeah, I I mean I really like the starting team, given that there is an allowance for that back line to have some time to grow and uh, sort of hit their straps. In particular, for Sean Russell and Hayes Dunster. Russell being in a new position and, and Dunster sort of just getting back to the speed of the NRL. So giving them a bit of time and patience to hit their straps, uh, I think the forward pack is essentially full strength, right, boys? That That's probably our best 8-13 uh, in terms of form and uh, talent. And obviously you can extend that to Jermaine Hopgood to make it 8-14 to 14 if you wanted to because uh, Hopgood is, you know, a big part of that rotation now. Um, and, you know, very, very happy of that. So I think that the Eels have a fantastic foundation to build on this week. Uh, I think that uh, this is going to be a very physical game, uh, you know, especially with the Dogs bringing back that trio of starting forwards in Pango Jr., Kikau, and Fatala Mariner. So we've got to really aim up here because that's something that we were all critical of coming from that victory against the West Tigers was the lack of physicality. So maybe this is a game that we, we need. Like in that regard, this, you know, on the tip sheet, uh, on all the you know sort of coaching points, they're going to know this is a physical game. We know the dogs like to play, uh, you know, rough, grubby, physical. So maybe this is exactly what we need to get up for it. So in that regard, I'm happy. Um, I do have some question marks over bench construction for the remaining two spots. I'm not sure if that's how we're best served going with all those middles, uh, given that we have uh, five players. I think it is Reg Junior, uh, four uh, Reg Junior, Madison, and Hopgood that all play uh, big, big minutes in the middle. So there is a you know premium on the, on the left the leftover minutes to sort of share around. So uh, maybe we could have gone for a different bench composition and gotten someone like, um, whether it's Murchie or Dory. Uh, and I know that there is a plan for Dory to get those big minutes into his legs, but I don't know. Just uh, I feel like Greg and Makatoa don't give us much of a point of difference on the interchange. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, one thing that we probably missed, especially – with the way that we're playing against the Tigers was, you know, as good as Cardi has been going, Dury's a hole hitter. He'll hit a hole. He'll he'll run in between shoulders. He's quick enough to break, to get into that opening. I think if we had a hole hitter on the bench, especially if, you know, one as good, I, I, I think Dury probably is the form one. Lane might be the best one at the club, but Dury's not that far behind. Um, in terms of hitting a hole there. so And we know how good Moses is um, using his second rower on that side. I think that yeah, if, if you know, we, we do want those minutes in Dury's legs, but, geez, that even him for 20 minutes, 25 minutes coming off the bench and just absolutely aiming for kick-out on that, you know, in between kick-out and Burton, I believe it would be. If he could aim between those two there, it would, it would spark us. It would give us some, some really good shape, give us some really good attack. 
and then you can get a quick play of the ball, play the blind side from that, even if he doesn't break through. So I, I agree. Bench, you know, people talk about bench rotation, but I, I, I'm 100% in agreement here where I think we need to maybe look at something like that. But because at the end of the day, you've got to win the first great games. And the, and we're the position we're in now, we need to win them now. We can't wait for Dury to be, oh, we want him to be an 80-minute player. Well, if it's going to make us win a first-grade game now, he's a 20-minute player off the bench. I'll, t- I'll take 15, 20 minutes of uh, Dury over 15, 20 minutes of Greg. And I'm not shitting on Greg. I just feel as though, as you said, he is a whole runner. He breaks tackles. While Greg, he'll give you 10 good minutes, and then he'll just struggle for the next 10. So if someone's going to get 15 and 20 minutes, I'd prefer Dury over Greg. Hopefully we're just, you know, we see um, both Greg and... Makatoa lift into that sort of impact prop role because that's all we need out of them is 10, 15 minutes when you've got the rest of the rotation that you boys and we, have We just can't about. get it consistently from them because against Manly, I thought Makatoa had good impact. Like he came on and actually played with a bit of gusto on Venom. Uh, and then against the Roosters, Greg looked okay starting, but they just can't back it up consistently and it's very frustrating. Yeah, definitely. It is It is frustrating. It's week to week um, what they're going to be able to, to pull out. Um, but then for the dogs who, who obviously have touched on Tavita Pangai Jr., um, Matt Burton, he had a bit of a Barry Crocker last week, but he's also their danger man, isn't he, in the halves? Yeah, of the yeah. two halves, 100%, yeah. Mm. And yeah, Jacob Kiraz, he's sort of uh, had a, uh, a belter of a, uh, a season so far to well, start. He's probably he, one he's of the a player wingers. that really captures that essence of physicality, isn't he? He goes looking for the collision, looking for the tackle breaks. Um, very hard to bottle up, so... It's not like he's a superstar or anything like that, but he just he, he has a red hot crack every time he runs the ball, and that's why he's so difficult to bring down. So he's a player that we definitely have to watch out for because we just saw Junior Tupo cause all sorts of grief for us, and and you know Kiro's players in a similar vein. And um, just having a look across their team, obviously Kikau, he probably hasn't been as good as he was at Penrith. I think maybe uh, something he could try something a little bit different here is if we've got an attacking sort of 40, 40 45 out. Put up a bomb on the fourth tackle to Hayes Perham and have Gutho chase it. Because from my memory, Hayes in the in the reserve grade and he could have gotten better since then. But he struggled with those high kicks. So if you get him and like because they won't be expecting it, a kick on a bomb on the fourth tackle. And if you get Gutho chase now, I think you'd be you know be able to reap some rewards there. But you want to be kicking away from Karaz. You want to be kicking away from oh well, you know they've got Alamotti and Karaz on opposite sides, so it's a bit hard there because they're both meter gainers, but you want to be making sure that they're not returning the ball. So you want to make them running. So maybe, again, I, if we're getting around that 40-meter line on the fourth tackle, I say kick it. Kick it in behind Braden Burns, get him turning around, and get um, Penasini, or oh, that right side, so Cardi, Penasini, and uh, Dunster there to really rush up hard and smash him. And that's what, you know, something a little bit different because I, I can't remember the last time we executed a, a fourth tackle kick. Yeah, or I guess when you're down in um, attacking area, uh, getting that ball over Hayes Perham, um, you know, at his time in Eels, he probably wasn't the best under the high ball, so that's certainly somebody we can pick out. All right, Bertie, do you want to hit us with your first try scorer and then um, eventual score prediction? So I'm going to go first try scorer to Sean Lane. I feel as though we might put a kick in across midfield and, you know, target Sean Lane and, um, yeah, he's going to take a specky and plant the ball down. Look, I think um, I'd love a 13-plus win, but I just feel as though every game Parramatta's going to win it or lose a bot less than a try. So I'm going to go Parramatta 24, Bulldogs 20. 
And um, yeah, I'm gonna go with um, Junior's gonna have a great game. He's gonna target. Uh, I hope he targets Reed. You know, make him make sixty plus tackles. And yeah, I just feel as though can you imagine uh, Reed, ta- you know, tackling both uh, Reg and Junior, and then all you see you got Hopkins coming off the bench, you know, and just driving his knee right into his head essentially, and yeah, illegally knee, you know. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just we just gotta we just gotta frustrate Reed. You know, we, we know he's gonna try and play hero boy. You know, it's a revenge game. You know, essentially, even though he left us, we gave him a contract. But um, I feel as though Reed's probably gonna overplay his hand and. Yeah, maybe Guffer can, you know, get a, get a bit of his um, shitbag talk out, out into him, you know, give him the ball, you know, essentially to that, um, do what he did to that wing. Uh, Take the ball, wing. young man. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I, that's what I reckon. I am going to continue to try and will it into existence. I'm going to tip a big win until we get a big win. So, Eels 46, Bulldogs 4. Maybe uh, you should chip, tip a small win. No, 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 no. And we might get a big win. No, or you, no, no, is, no, no, is this manifest season? This is uh, the secret. This is uh, <sighs> you know, will it into existence. But you guys know about it, so maybe it doesn't work now. Uh, but, yeah, Eels, big win. Uh, big, big, big win. First try scorer. I think I tipped Gufferson last week. Not that it's, you know, a big achievement to tip one of your, you know, sort of key try scorers to go FTS. But this week, um, Junior does come back, but I'm not going to tip him for FTS. I will go. I will go. Shawnee Russell. Ham. I like your thinking, Birdie. You said make Reed make sixty plus tackles. Yeah, sixty plus tackles. Yeah. I want seven. I, I want him to break the record for tackles made, but I also want him to break the record for tackles missed. So seventy tackles, twenty five missed tackles. Do you reckon we could do it? Yeah, and probably like five kicks out in the full. Um, I don't know. Five penalties. Let's just make it a record night for Reed Marnie. Yeah. Um, speaking of records, uh, record Ryan Madison for first try scorer. Parramatta to win nineteen to the Bulldogs eight, and put me down for first try scorer Hayes Dunstar, willing that one to, into existence, and put me down Eels thirty two to the Bulldogs twenty four. Close affair again. Um, yeah, we've really got to tighten up our defence. We're just letting in too many, too many points at this at this stage of the season. Yeah, it's just it's really frustrating because we know this team can hit hard. Like they really just need to muscle up. That's all it is. It's not, you know, I don't think our structures are too bad. It's just when teams get down into our attacking half, like they're able to put plays on because, you know, either our markers are out of play because they're on the ground or mm-hmm. they've got to quick play the ball. And then that's when they can play. I don't. I don't think our structures are too bad. It's, it comes from quick play of the balls and um, markers not being there. D- dummy halves can jump out and really punish us. Yeah, no, that's definitely right. And first up contact as well. And it's so frustrating because, like, you know, you look at the Roosters game where we defended about a hundred sets on our line. Um, obviously, we've shown we can do it, but just need to do it consistently. It'll also right. help if the referees stop telling us to not walk off the mark and go back, and then. Let someone like Stefano Tokamano walk about four meters off the mark to take our markers out of play to lead to a you know line break that led to a line dropout. So it would be nice to get some consistent officiating, especially when there was a player offside from a line break that wasn't sin binned. Um, you know, just a consistent NRL officiating things. Yeah, well, wishing for who have we got actually. Need to look at that. Uh, Chris Butler. Butler. That's okay. He's fine. We haven't had him for a wanna, little while. What's so. his? What's the the little blood nut called? Todd Smith. Yeah, I want him. I, I like him. Yeah. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we get Todd Smith? He actually yeah. calls – he doesn't feel like he's too tainted by the institution right now and tends to call just fairly clean games. Like, it's not like he's infallible, 
but he tends to call good games. Uh, just, just, just before we finish, I just noticed a stat because I know Forty has to leave in five. But um, Reed Marty this year, two hundred and seventy-seven tackles made, thirty-three missed in six games. Right, twenty twenty-one, he had seven hundred and sixty-three tackles made, thirty-one missed, and he played seventeen games. So he's already, already, top, already topped the uh, season total for missed tackles. So that's exactly where we've got to play. Play it up the middle. We've got the we've got four big we've got four big forwards that can play big minutes. And we've got one come off the bench, Wiramu. If we've got the ball when he's on, just send him straight at just every every tackle. Make him make every tackle and double that missed tackles. 33 missed tackles. I want it. I want it, Para. Do what, it for me. What's your motto again? Complete high or something like that? Something like no, that. no, 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 no. Straight, direct, complete the set. That's it. Get a tattoo. I should get that tattooed on me. Straight, direct. It'll mean nothing to nobody but myself. And That's going to my uh, Tinder bio right now. Um, all right, Bertie. Um, <laughs> let's wrap that up there uh, for another week. And uh, you know, we're back at the end of the um, back at the end of the round now. We we can't be in the middle. We've got to be at the beginning or the end of the week. There, and they're both, you know, annoyingly. <laughs> Just yeah, give us give us a Saturday three o'clock game so I can go out afterwards. Lovely. I can get a beer at the the Royal Oak Hotel. Lovely. All right, cheers, everybody. We'll catch you on the next Power, power Podcast. Thanks, boys.